Hi everybody, this is Bob and welcome to today's episode of High Disclosure, the podcast about what happens when people share their stories. Today's guest is Morgan, who is a television writer living in Los Angeles. We sat at a park in Silver Lake and discussed what happens when you follow your dreams about her travels to Turkey and everything in between. So please listen to what she has to disclose. Let's press the old record button. Okay. Make sure we're working. All right. Um, so, I'm Bob. Hi, I'm <laughs> uh, Morgan. Hi, Morgan. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, 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 I do a speaking, uh, like an oral communications class, uh, and I try to do it like task-based, you know? So instead of like, let's learn how to perfectly say speeches, no. Right. Let's learn a skill that you could use in the future. So right now, uh, we kind of focused on active listening, which doesn't sound like speaking, but being able to have a conversation and nodding uh, like you're doing right now and saying things like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, 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 right? Uh, and then listening to somebody as you're asking questions and not just like asking question after question without, you know, like if you answered a question like, hey, uh, you know, what's your job? Oh, what's my yeah, job? Yeah, oh, what's I'm a TV job? writer. Uh, and then I'd switch questions like, uh, right. <laughs> you know, instead of asking further, right? So active listening entails that I like, mm kind of take what you're saying and going further so i don't know i feel i find that when i have students that like are learning english they're just very like nervous yeah and they wrote their five questions and they just ask those five questions it's very hard to be an active listener in in your non-native language (laughs) i I agree so uh, although you are actually probably more actively listening right you're concentrating (laughs) and you're so focused that you you know and So we are doing interviewing skills. One of their tasks for their midterms is to interview somebody in English. And what I want them to be able to do is basically like ask the questions, do some follow-ups, because the theme of the class right now is they're starting their own podcast YouTube channel. Cool. Uh, and whichever format they want to do. So like some of the students might want to just do audio because they're yeah, scared sure. of being on camera I don't know uh, <laughs> or they want to do the whole hey guys subscribe to my channel and, <laughs> and I love I mean as a podcast you can do sound effects and music yeah. I think they're sometimes more intimate than than video I mean I've seen like Tim, well, Tim Ferriss does like his podcast with like the video on YouTube mm. as well so I like being able to see like the interview e like talking uh-huh. you know there's I think there's an intimacy also in just kind of how two people look at each other yeah um, but yeah what was the so yeah okay so we're here uh, <laughs> right are you supposed to paint a picture for them <laughs> no we're just gonna I'm just gonna uh, what was the question I was supposed to ask you and why I stopped oh wait you had said that you were going to ask me oh uh, let's just say hey, how like um don't say how I know you <laughs> but um okay so Tell us a little bit about yourself, Morgan. Sure. I would like to know more about you. Sure. My name's Morgan Faust. Um, I'm a TV writer. I write for a show called Legends of Tomorrow, which is about time-traveling superheroes. Um, I've never heard of this show. Uh, no, it, it is um, DC Comics. Okay. But it is what we call like the rehab ship of DC Comics. It's okay. all the characters that... Um, basically got kicked off of other shows but their contracts weren't up Uh so (laughs) they created our show to deal with that problem but we're now in our sixth season and it's become a very um 
beloved show to the people who watch it, which I wouldn't say is that many people. But now that it's on Netflix, it's found oh, an okay. international. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. So wait, wait. Say the title of it again, sure. and then tell me the, some of the oddball characters. Sure. The the space DC, re-junk, the junk. So it's <laughs> technically DC's Legends of Tomorrow. DC's Legends. And of it tomorrow. started with the uh, the like original, the OG, the original team was uh, the Atom, which uh-huh. is probably our most famous. He's a man who can get real small. He can also get really big. Yeah. <laughs> so like Ant-Man. Yep, totally okay. like Ant-Man. I mean, as most things in DC and Marvel, there's usually one, uh, there's an echo. Right. <laughs> um, then there was Firestorm, which is a real weird character. It's actually two men who have this sort of connection. Um, and when they come together, they become <laughs> a like nuclear-powered man who can, okay. fi- who can like fly and light on fire. And, uh, and then White Canary. <laughs> Um, who is mostly just a really good fighter. That oh, yeah. She doesn't have any powers. <laughs> um, and then Hawkman and Hawk Girl, who, as their name implies, uh, fly, um, although they're also aliens. <laughs> okay, but the, they're actual hawk faces, right? Mm, they have hawk masks, but they okay. do seem to have real wings. It's like Rick and Morty, the <laughs> hawk, the bird person, bird man? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're not that far off from Rick and Morty. We became, we started out as a fairly straight superhero show. Okay. And then we became, like, uh, community, but for superheroes. So now we have the first pair of Muslim American superheroes on oh, the show. Wow. We have a bisexual man, a pansexual okay. man. How about the two guys, though? Is there any kind of... They uh... left. Oh, okay. So <laughs> no, Firestorm... No, there's nothing between those two. Firestorm are gone. Okay. It wasn't like a Firestorm... Not at all. You're on fire. Nope. It was an old, okay. curmudgeonly white dude and oh. a, like, 18-year-old black kid, and they were supposed oh. to be kind of like... And then yeah, and yeah. Add, yeah, the neutron and the one bug. was all head and the other was all heart. Um, and now we have a very different team. A lot of it's been six years, so we lost okay. a lot of people uh, since the beginning. What oh, Heat Wave, off? Heat Wave, and Cold and Captain Cold were our other two original guys. Heat oh, Wave man. is just a man with a gun not that shoots any of fire. These <laughs> and Captain okay. Cold is a man with a gun that shoots ice. So what, what what was it playing on before it was on Netflix? CW. It's still CW. on the CW. It's been on the CW. It's been on the CW for five years. We're oh going, my going into our sixth. I'm so sorry. I've been out of the country for <laughs> for years. So yeah, if you know about the DC mm. Legends of Tomorrow. Tomorrow. The name does not do us any favors. <laughs> L-O-T. Uh, but people, uh, Arrow and The Flash and yeah. Supergirl uh-huh. are the shows everyone knows. Right. We right. are frequently referred to as Anne Moore. When they do a coverage of all of the stories because they can't remember our name. That's like, what, the Marvel one, the... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which (laughs) I was like, I don't, I don't, the kids look all boring, you know? But ultimately, it's best being the underdogs because we're allowed to have, like, our show is now an action comedy. Okay. And we're allowed to have, I mean, like, we have these two women who are getting married, you know, like, our show is allowed to be a lot freer and a lot more fun, and we have... Since we time travel, we're in a different place and country every episode, so we get to do different genres. So we'll have like a 70s road movie, and then we'll have like a witch hunt in the 1600s, and then we'll have like Marie Antoinette. And so every episode gets to be a completely different genre, which is really, as a writer, a, a lot of fun. So. Cool. No complaints that nobody watches our show. Maybe it's what allows <laughs> us to be weird. I, I think you'll have a lot more, uh, you know, hits from Turkey after this. I hope um, we're big in Brazil, so. <laughs> okay. Well, 
What was the follow-up? Oh, sorry. I should have wrote these down in notes uh, because when you're trying to think of questions to That's ask, right. you should write them down. Um, so for your job, how do you, let's see, for like these episodes, uh, you know, you get to go from different times to different places. What's your inspiration when you're writing? Like, Well, we work as a team, so nothing's done by yourself. There's okay. a team of nine writers, and we work together to create every episode. So the beginning of every episode starts with basically two questions. Like, who, which character, um, I'll let this truck go by, um, which character is having an, an important emotional journey, we call them. Okay. So, you know, who's... Who's dealing with something in their lives that we want to focus on? Uh, whether it be, you know, someone's just gotten back in touch with their mom. So what does that bring up for them? Or maybe it's, you know, someone has a crush on somebody, you know, that age old classic. Um, so we start with that question and we look at that person and we try to put them together with a few other characters to have that emotional journey with. Mm -hmm. And then we do just get to say, uh, you know, is anyone feeling really excited about a certain time period right now? Sometimes the emotional journey will really lend itself to that. We had one character who um, had a really difficult relationship with his parents and his dad had been in the army. And so we were like, let's go to Vietnam and he'll have to meet his dad during the Vietnam War. Um, I'll check that out. So there, sometimes like the emotional journey of the character will drive where mm -hmm. we go and why. But more often than not, um, for most of the episodes, we get to just kind of kick it around and see, you know, what floats to the surface out of everyone's interest, which could easily be just like someone will be like, oh, you know what? I just saw that football movie, Rudy, last night. We should do a football <laughs> movie. Um, you know, inspiration comes from everywhere. Yeah. Or it could be, you know, I've been listening to a podcast about Dolly Parton. It would be fun to do Nashville <laughs> in the 60s. Um, it really can come from anywhere. Right. I feel like that's how I teach i yeah. mean like those inspirations make me like okay we need to talk about this subject um so yeah has the uh, legends of tomorrow have they <laughs> been to turkey or anywhere kind of in that area ottoman empire stuff wow that's a that really good question no trying Six to years. think i know <laughs> a lot of content well and you know i'm not proud to say that you know we tend to be more american-centric than i wish we were this year we've gone to cuba um cool. And we've gone to, um, I feel Bay like we, we've gone to Mexico, we've gone to Spain. I don't know why it's also Spanish-centric. Um, yes, we redo Bay of Pigs, except for there's an alien involved. Oh, there's always <laughs> aliens involved. Um, and so, right, Castro thinks the Americans are sending aliens after him. Um, but I'm trying to think. We have... Um, two characters who are originally from Iran, uh -huh. so we have plans to go there, uh, but we haven't yet. Um, no. no. I'm going to say no. We've been to China, we've been to Hong Kong, and we've been to Tibet. We've been to... Um, Gosh, I don't even know if we've really been that much into Eastern Europe. Oh, wait, we did go to Poland. Oh, okay. um, but um, this is a good... And we've been to Egypt. So I guess we've kind of danced around Turkey, but we okay. haven't gotten into the heart of the Middle East um, in any serious way, <laughs> which, we, which we should. I will say one of the reasons we get handicapped is because we shoot in Vancouver, Canada. Okay. And... Um, sometimes you're limited by what can be done in a way that doesn't look like right. a fifth grade play <laughs> so um i i mean i love what the maladorian what's that the new mandalorian mandalorian i that 
three that set that they have yeah the led backlit amazing like, amazing okay. yeah um <laughs> i'm gonna segue with the turkey thing so the legends of tomorrow have not been to turkey but yes. have you been to i turkey? have been to turkey okay and tell me about uh <laughs> that experiences sure i went um in 2003 and um it was fantastic i think it's probably the best trip i've ever taken i mean part of it was i was 23 and so it was a great time to be traveling i was done with college i had a job so i had some of my own money so yeah. um, but it was also uh pretty unplanned and we just kind of followed um the advice of people we met um, and really that was the best part we met so many people um, from all over the world I mean Turkish people for sure and then people from Israel people from Australia people from New Zealand um, Germany America um, and um, we also just traveled by like every form of transportation I think I was on some mopeds on a boat on a bus on mm -hmm. a in a car in a van um, so we just saw the <laughs> we saw the country from so many different places yeah. um, I was in Istanbul for probably like four days and then we were really on the road traveling through a lot of the backpacking I think hot spots yeah. you know a lot of these really great on the beach places you and, said you went along the coast yes so we came down to, like the western coast yes Izmir. That sounds right. I wish I had the map Bold in front Jerome. of me. Yes, definitely Bold there. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I've been there. Okay. Scooters, and then, right? And then we, yes. That's where the scootering is. And uh, and then came back up through to Cappadocia. Okay. I'm not exactly, I don't quite remember where Did we Did you go to Pamukkale, the place with the white? Yes. Um, yeah, okay. So you probably went that route. Yes. Cool. Um, Cappadocia was amazing. They also shot, we're talking Star Wars. I think they shot some of Star Wars there. Did they? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think Tatooine is Cappadocia. <laughs> Is it the original Star Wars? Right? I believe so. Yeah, because I know parts of it were like in that the Iberian Peninsula. Mm -hmm. with, I, and I forget which ones, but okay, we'll look that up. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, what was like? What was your highlight from Cappadocia? Why did you like Cappadocia? Oh well, Cappadocia was. Um, I think I'm trying to remember. I mean, we did a moped ride and uh -huh. got to see the just incredible geography. Those sort of towers that come right. out and gone into some of them um, that are sort of feel like caves. I think they say something like they're always exactly 60 degrees. And I'm sorry, I don't know my Celsius. Um. <laughs> no, that that would be fair enough. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's like, that's like 15, 18, 17 okay. degrees Celsius. Um, and. That was just breathtaking. And we also met some really great people there who, um, you know, took us uh, and like on this great hike and we ended up making like this great salad at the end. We brought all of our own vegetables and like chopped oh, them cool. up and then like ate this beautiful salad eating like while watching the sunset. And we also met these people who were potters and they taught me how to like uh, make oh. um, these bowls. Okay. And um, I didn't go there, but there's a place, um, yeah. Urla? Not Ula, no, no. I'm thinking, I'm mix it starts with a U, something. Um, I'm mixing up regions. Uh, I mean, being on the water, of course, is amazing. I mean, the, the ocean is, is beautiful. But I do think that the people we met in Cappadocia were, um, they were really welcoming and we just had a really great time there. And I mean, and, and it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's, yeah. I've never seen, obviously, I've never seen anything like that. Nobody has. Nobody has. <laughs> um, what, what's one of your favorite foods when you were there? Well, um, I think yogurt drink is it? It's kefir, kefir. Yeah, there's kefir and then there's iron, which is just kind of yogurt that's not fermented, not I, cultured. It was like pretty popular. Yeah, you just it's get salty. Yes. Okay, it's probably iron. Okay. Yeah. And then the apple tea, which I'm sure is what everybody yeah. has, but I mean, it was. 
I mean, it's so different than being here. You'd meet a stranger and they would immediately invite you into their shop and, and, and sit down and have apple tea with you. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they have 40 glasses a day, which is why they're so small. <laughs> and I didn't buy any rugs, but like, uh, I got to have a 20 minute conversation with a bunch of people over this drink. And so it stayed with me as being very yeah. memorable. That's awesome. And actually, the, like the cucumber tomato salad is delicious. Right. <laughs> is I love that onions. that's their salad, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and even like the word for cucumber um, is salad. Well, I mean, yeah. lettuce is silly. Like, right. I think <laughs> salads are usually brought down by the, the greens. Okay. All right. Um, Do I get to ask you any questions? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why don't we switch roles? Yeah, go ahead. Let's see. Um, where did you, what, what, do you remember what your first, like, memorable meal was when you were in Turkey? Oh, my first memorable meal. So, I, I would say that, okay, so Adana, where I live, is very famous for Adana kebab. Okay. It's like, um, you, you've probably had it. It's like kind of long, uh, it was kind of like put onto a skewer like this, and then they pull it out and it's like minced meat, like, kind of shaped into like a weekly form sausage little spicy when they say doner but doner kebab is not the same thing no. it's just a similar word okay uh, uh no adana is the city adana, adana. So it, i just wondered if maybe someone had misheard no. it and called it doner kebab <laughs> doner means like to spin something oh okay so that whole that thing Got it. that kebab yeah is kebab is just like the meat there's this yeah so many okay technicalities <laughs> um but yeah i originally went to adana and then i think it was like it took me like a couple weeks, maybe three or four weeks before I actually had a proper Adana kebab. And people are like, have you had it yet? I'm like, no, nobody's taking me. I'm not going to go by myself right now. You know, I want to know which one's the best place. Right. So, uh, I just love the fact that in Adana, they give you order the kebab and maybe it'll be like 20 or 30 Turkish lira, which is like, I don't know, four dollars, five dollars. And then they just give you all the meze. So all those little, uh, you know, plates of onions and, yes. um, you know, with the, uh, what is that? Sumjuk? Something like, uh, it's like a sweet, soury pep, uh, paste that they put on it. I don't know. Uh, but all the other stuff, the, you know, the yogurt uh, with the cucumbers in it, the... Um, all the little sides are free mm -hmm. <laughs> and so we just go and we're like ah oh, we're just gonna split this one adana kebab <laughs> yeah and right they just bring you all these <laughs> great snacks but i i mean i typically i love the fact that just turkish food is is just fresh yeah and the fact that when i go and have a salad it you know it's just been like prepared for me that moment um and yeah, just the food makes me feel so much younger and alive. Mm -hmm. And I feel so much healthier when I'm in Turkey. So I need to go back soon. Um, <laughs> and not just eating cheese. Now, and yeah. <laughs> this is fine. This is lovely. Now, do you speak Turkish? Uh, my Turkish is really bad because many reasons. Uh, I'm not a natural language learner. I'm kind of, I'm what you would call the self-monitor. Mm -hmm. uh, where I'm just oh, yeah. always like, you know, I need to know the rules and stuff like that. And... I think one of the problems when I'm teaching English is that I'm only speaking English because my people I work with, uh, the the students are always wanting to speak in English. Japan was different because everyone, nobody spoke English when I was living there. So I picked up Japanese a lot quicker. Right. Um, but then, yeah, I had this, you know, I was there, I was working, 
and then I had to go back in March and I was like my Turkish was improving and then I go back right. everything gets erased from my brain I come back in July uh, <laughs> and then you know I'm like oh my god I forgot like how to say things you know um, that's right now you have to use it I'm that way with Spanish but you know one of the things I tell my students is that like I I work I work I work hard for them um, and so at the end of the day like is it do I put more attention into myself and having a great time I should <laughs> but I don't know the classes are really important to me and so I do put a lot of effort into you know to me like every classroom feels like a TV show you know, mm -hmm. the way that I create a theme, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. the way that I set up my script even, you know, uh, the way that I create these interactions between students in the online class. Uh, I feel like, you know, and yeah, what was it last week? I had such writer's block. I, I called it writer's block because mm -hmm. I was like, how do I plan this class? You know, I'm trying to talk to them about writing. Uh, we're talking about quotations. I want to incorporate things about media literacy and fake news into it. Great. How do I weave all of those elements into like a story that as my students are joining on this online class, you know, and catching glimpses of it and participating in it, how do they understand how to use quotations and like outside sources so that they can fight uh, fake news right. and, and you know be able to figure out how to read media uh, in a fair and you know in an unbiased way so that's what like my episodes are all right about, sure you know? so I'm trying to teach them writing skills and the writing skills are like you know topic sentence you know supporting yeah. details conclusions but right. like how do I tell a story using those elements you yeah know, as the foundation but I can my content can be anywhere, you know? So that's what I really enjoy about my job is that I'm teaching interviewing skills or right. something like that. But what's the topic, you know? And the topic now is like anything. I actually want them to talk about things about how uh, they overcame a challenge mm -hmm. or how they got to the goal that they wanted to do. So we're switching the, uh, the table again. Um, why when did you realize that you wanted to be a writer um, and a tv writer especially and how did you kind of get to that goal well i think a lot of people in television when you ask them that knew that they wanted to do that mm -hmm. job from the very beginning um and i have to admit i did not uh have that experience i didn't i watched tv mm. a ton as a kid um but i never thought about who wrote it um, it just didn't occur to me. Like, I loved the stories, and I would get very wrapped up in the stories and the characters, but it didn't occur to me that someone had written these things mm -hmm. when I was, like, you know, you know, 10, 11, 12, and watching all these shows. But I did have the experience of um, always being involved in theater, and so I, like, in a way, I kind of was doing it. I always was performing and uh, studying plays and, and performing oh, cool. them. Um, and then I had, I thought I was going to be a banker, an investment banker. Um, and I went to one of my like first um, interviews Just for an internship. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I went and I was getting, um, 
interviewed by who was an old family friend so he knew me but he was sort of doing this like early interview with me to prepare me basically and to see if I would have an internship at his company but he got a phone call in the middle of his uh, interview from a producer of this show that I loved called Dr. Katz which is this sort of culty animated show and it's great it's it's a great show that's probably me (laughs) Um, and so um and uh, he got the phone call from the producer in the middle of our interview, and I knew exactly who he was, and I was just floored. I said, I can't believe you know Lauren Bouchard. Uh, that's crazy. And he said, Morgan, you showed me more enthusiasm in that one <laughs> sentence than you have for this whole interview. Uh, let's call him back and see if he's taking applications for an internship and so he changed my life and so I went and I worked on that show before I graduated college I'd started and it really changed my trajectory I was a history major and economics minor I mean I really thought I was going into business and so I um I then I just I didn't know what I was doing but I just knew I was going to stay in this industry and I, I I feel like I didn't have any mentors really I just kept hacking away at it and I ended up working in documentary film um, for this filmmaker and um, who is great uh, as a filmmaker Um, and so we I was there for about a year and a half and then I decided I'm gonna go make my own movie and that's sort of how it went for a long time I would just go and just try to do the next thing so I'm gonna make my own documentary okay I did that now I'm gonna produce and I produced my friends feature films and then I said okay I'm gonna learn um, you know, more about editing and I taught myself how to edit and eventually I thought, you know, I'm going to go to grad school um, so that I can start to like figure, I thought I was going to teach is why I went to grad school because I was living up in Vermont and I thought, well, this at least I can make a living um, because there's not a lot of filmmaking going on, but there is a fair amount of teaching going on. So, uh, but at school I, um, I kept honing my editing skills and I got hired to edit a couple of feature films and a bunch of commercials. And so I was, just thinking, you know, this is, I'm going to stay here in New York. I'm not moving back to Vermont. I was married at the time, so this is all very complicated, mm-hmm. says he lived in Vermont. Um, so it was more complicated than just that. But while at school, I realized that writing um, was actually the place that was the most exciting for me. It was the creation of the stories and the creation of the worlds and the people. And it was also, um, it's also a, a, a lifestyle that is more manageable than being on set. In television and film, you work 14 hours a day, yeah, um, five to six days a week, um, which at some point I knew that was not going to work. <laughs> right. Then I moved to L.A. Um, thinking, let me try it for six months. And um, my brother and I were a writing team at the time. We got hired to write a feature um, for no money, but someone wanted to hire us, so that was pretty good. And um, it was certainly better than before. Um, and then I... Um, I finally uh, sort of got my break because I got accepted into this program at CBS, um, which is a diversity fellowship to bring in more people who are uh, not white dudes. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Diversity. So, uh, and uh, they give you the opportunity to write a script with some executives from CBS. And that script got me the job I have now. So it was a long path and it was, I think more meandering than perhaps um for a lot of people but yeah it has given me a whole different like i have a soup to nuts picture of right. what it takes to make a television show because i've edited it i've produced them mm-hmm. i've done the casting so 
I think that has given me a confidence quicker in my television writing than I would have gotten otherwise. And also I have a lot more stories, you know? It's right. like, if your whole life is that. just like being an assistant right. to an agent <laughs> and then you become a television writer, like what story, you don't, you didn't get to go across Turkey and you didn't like, right. you know, teach in Cambodia and make a film in the Dominican Republic about baseball. And so <laughs> I feel like I have a lot more life to draw from. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, meandering. That sounds kind of like my life, because <laughs> I was I was a computer science major, um, and then I, you know, but I also just knew I wanted to teach. Yeah. And it was teaching computers or teaching whatever. I never thought I was going to teach English to you know people living abroad though. Right. Um, okay. So I would my last final part of this interview okay. uh, would be, <laughs> so you know, based on everything you said. <gasps> and your meandering life story what's your advice that you would give to somebody who's like their first year in college you know and maybe they know what they want to do they want to become teachers or some of them are just figuring it out what's like the advice that you would give uh, to people to my students my advice would be um don't close any doors like find as many people that you admire and see if they can talk to you for half an hour and ask them about their path and their choices and how they got where they got and the reality of what their life looks like. Because I think sometimes it's very easy to think, oh, I want to be, you know, in my case, maybe oh, I really want to be a film director. But then you find out, oh, those people are hardly ever at home and they don't actually have that much control over the story they tell, which for me was important. But say you really wanted to be an architect, but then you found out that that job is you're sitting at a desk eight hours a day and you've learned that's not who you are. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, finding people you admire and asking them a lot of questions um, is, I think, something I, I wish I had done more of. Like, I, I always wish I had more mentors and I love when mentors. I can talk to younger people who are coming up to have that to give back. So I think that's something I would recommend is find people that you admire and buy them a cup of coffee and <laughs> ask them questions for half an hour and listen, obviously, yeah. <laughs> as well. Active listen. Active listening. Active listening. Um, but, and I think also, um, if you discover that what you thought was your passion, that you're wrong, don't be afraid to change paths. <laughs> Life is long. <laughs> don't stay with something just because that's what you thought you were supposed to do. <laughs> Because it's a that long happens. time. <laughs> <laughs> that's happened to both of us probably <laughs> in, in this life. So that's my advice. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, your your assignment would be to find somebody who you admire uh, that you're going to interview that maybe has done something that you want to do or, you know, or maybe not, but you just want to know their process of getting there. Talk to them, ask them some questions, follow up. And that's it. Thank you very much. You're uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Morgan, for joining us today on the, uh, the, the Speaking One interview session. <laughs> All right. And we're out. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to today's interview with Morgan I hope you learned a lot about how to become a writer uh, and how to follow your dreams and accomplish the things you want to do. Check out our next episode next time on High Disclosure. See you guys.